Oh, all I want to do is grow old with you. Hello, and welcome to the next exciting episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies Outside Quarantine Edition. The podcast where Matt and Todd this time went to a drive-in theater to go see our movies. And we will talk about them. Not right after the movie, because it was super late when we got done with it. But the next day, next best thing. Uh, I am Todd Domer. And I'm Matt Malloy. And yes, welcome to this episode. Um, we are excited to have you here. Todd, I am stumped by your musical intro. Uh, it, it's a pretty far, <laughs> far-reaching one. That was the song that Adam Sandler sang to Drew Barrymore in The Wedding Singer. Okay. Drew Barrymore is the little girl in this movie. Right. Boom. Right. Really See, far out there. Far out there. What I initially thought when you told me you were going to st- uh, stump me, I was like, maybe he'll do Firestarter mm, by that was a good one too. Uh, The Prodigy mm. uh, as Drew Barrymore was star of that movie, Firestarter. Well, now you make me regret my decisions. So, if you'd like to sing some, some Twisted Firestarter right now, you can. Oh, Firestarter! Twisted Firestarter! Excellent. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about a movie, and I'll get to that in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. That sponsor is the Santa Fe Writers Project, or SFWP for short. Today, I want to tell you about one of the books published by SFWP called We All Scream. This book is actually written by the founder and director of SFWP, Andrew Gifford. It's a memoir that details the rise and fall of the Giffords Ice Cream Company and the family behind it. Some of you from the D.C. area may remember Gifford's ice cream. I have read it, and it really will keep you turning page after page to find out what happens next. I highly recommend that you check it out. In fact, SFWP is offering 25% off to all of our listeners when you order direct through their website, sfwp.com. Just use the coupon code MOVIES when you check out. This applies to We All Scream or any of their other great titles. Thank you to Santa Fe Writers Project for helping make the magic happen here at Matt and Todd Go to the Movies. Everyone go support a small business and buy some books. Buy some books. So. Wait, Matt, I have a question. Yes. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but how many books has Andrew Gifford wrote? He's written one book. Okay, so just the book. This is the one coming. book. Everyone go buy that book. Yeah. Yeah. And it is good. I have read it. Um... So we're going to talk about the movie, one of the two movies right now that we saw at the drive-in. We'll record another episode later with featuring the second movie. Yeah. Benji's drive-in, in case Benji's listening and they want to be a sponsor. That's right. We came to your drive-in. We did. So uh, we saw, first up on the list was E.T., The Extraterrestrial, classic movie from 1984. Um, I can, I have some memories. 82, I think. 82. No, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Because Reese's Pieces came out in 78, and the movie was four years later. <laughs> okay, yes. We had this debate while we were, we were prepping to watch this movie, is when did Reese's Pieces come on the scene? 1978, just in case you're curious. Right. They were popularized by this movie, um, in a big way. Uh, and the movie was was massive when it came out. Uh, it really swept the nation. I was old enough to remember it, and... Here I, comes that same plate again. Yeah. Like. 
We're just, on the flight path. Just circling around. Um, so, in case you haven't seen E.T., what is it about? Well, it's about uh, a little alien creature who comes to Earth with his friends and gets left behind when they leave in a hurry as some uh, people are trying to try to find out what's going on with with these aliens being here so um, this alien makes his way to meet up with with a family boy Elliot his sister Gertie and his brother um, Michael? Mike Mike, yeah. Mike. Um, they live with their mom and uh, anyway the, the movie is really about the relationship that develops between this alien and family, kids especially, and um, eventually the alien needs to get back home because he's getting sick. He's called E.T. in the movie. They call it E.T., which stands for extraterrestrial. Um, A nicely named movie. It all works out. Right. It all works out. I don't know why they didn't decide to give him an actual name, but they didn't, so that's what you get. Um, anyway, the, the alien gets sick and, um, there's a race against time to get him back to his home planet where he can live out his days in happiness and memories of time spent on Earth. Mm -hmm. So, we had both seen this movie before, but Todd, what is your gut reaction to this time around? Uh, well, first, I have not seen this in probably, gosh, 28 to 30 years, probably. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time for me. So it's like, I knew, like, what the story was about, and I knew most of the story, but I think I had just forgotten all the, like, little special things that make this movie special. And uh, I think I was telling you after the movie was over that I, like, entered this movie so cynical. Like, I don't know if that's just because... I'm somewhat of a movie critic now or whatever, but I was like very cynical and I thought I was going to fall asleep during the movie. Like when you told me the two movies we were going to see, this is the one that I was least excited about because I just thought I was going to be bored and was like, there's no way this movie's going to captivate me like it did when I was a kid or it does to kids now or whatever. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> like first 15 minutes of the movie I was like my cynical self I'm like judging this single mom who's letting some kids have a party kind of a D&D &D party at their house and one of them smoking and at one point one of the kids plays sick and doesn't want to go to school and she just lets him stay home alone and so I was just like judging this mom up and down like just making a list of all the things of how 1982 is vastly different than right now but it's like as soon as Elliot and E.T. start to form their bond I was like just turned into a kid again like I was like really captivated it was all like bringing back the magic to me um, it's just such a whimsical nice story um, that I think if you're if you're feeding the critique side of yourself that you can pick apart a little bit like um, but overall this movie just really brought me to childhood again and it was like I was the last like I don't know maybe half hour to even like 45 minutes of the movie I just was like all smiles and like was captivated and a couple times I would like sit up in my seat because I was like really like uh, really into it so uh, let me 
get into some finer points here. I think this movie is incredibly well acted, even like, and I, I even for being so old at this point, it's like the kid Elliot who plays Elliot just did does an incredible job of kind of carrying this movie on his back. I mean, like he's supported by all these other actors, but it's a lot of it's him reacting to this alien, and then there's some scenes of the alien by itself reacting to different things, and those are funny and good, but, I mean, this kid has to go through, like, a, such a wide range of emotions all the time, you know, he's first scared, then he's, you know, excited, then he's happy, he's sad, I mean, he's all over the place, and he does it so well, that typically when I watch a kid do a movie where they rely so heavy on the kid, like, I'm always kind of like, you can kind of point out that maybe, like, the kid's not ready for it, or whatever, I don't know, maybe that's just my cynical nature coming through again, but... This kid knocks it out of the park. His supporting cast is pretty well, pretty well done. We've got the introduction of Drew Barrymore in this movie, um, and uh, no one much else from the movie ever does anything ever again that I remember. Um, so, and uh, I, I mean, it would only be fair of me to mention a couple of negative things. So I will do that because I believe in being well-rounded. Something that's set wrong with me is that at some point. Uh, E.T. gets sick and you don't know why and then there's a point where he's not sick and you kind of you can draw some conclusions of how maybe that happened like make some guesses but you are never really like kind of explained at least in my opinion of why how, why it happened in the first place why he's okay what's going on and I think from a storytelling standpoint and, and, and watching this movie that sat a little wrong with me like I wanted to know those things but it didn't not uh, subtract from the whimsical nature that was going on in my viewing so uh, yes you can pick apart a couple of different things in this movie I think but overall if you have not seen this movie I cannot stress enough go see the movie it is really great it is powerful Spielberg like uh Telling storytelling at its finest, I think, and uh, it's just so good. And especially if you if you go to a movie because you like want to be transported back in time, it is a nice time capsule of like 1982, and will definitely bring you back to your childhood, or maybe even the first time you saw it if you've seen it. So if you've seen it, go see it again. If you haven't seen it, definitely see it. And that's where I'm gonna end. Great. Well. Uh, like like you taught it had been years and years since I've seen this movie yeah I may have never seen it after I saw it in the theater when it came out so um, so yeah I thought I knew the story <laughs> like you I thought I knew the story right. I thought I knew it was gonna go go down and then I was a little bit thrown off at different points Some things happened and I was like what I don't remember that at all um, there's kind of a bond, almost a link, that develops between E.T. and Elliot, which I didn't remember at all. Or maybe I just missed it because yeah. I was a kid. And I was like, this time I was like, okay, they're actually like linked There's definitely somehow. some form of psychic link. Yes, <laughs> psychic link. Um, so, so it was interesting in that way to kind of re-explore the movie. Um, I thought another thing that was really great was just how like 
all in on this is 1982 we're being 1982 they were yeah um you know tons of star wars references in this tons of video game references like atari 2600 days of video games um mentioning of arcades and stuff like that there's an interesting part in the movie that I, it wasn't like I noticed it. it had been brought up in something I listened to or I read a long time ago, but this is the first time I've seen the movie since since I read whatever that was. That when the, There's a part in the movie where they're doing Halloween, uh-huh. and the E.T. is dressed up as a ghost, and they're walking around, and E.T.'s like making funny noises and all the costumes and ones, and then Yoda passes him, and he actually like turns because he... like. What the person in the story is saying is that he notices Yoda and like is like something familiar to him about it, right? Which I think it's, at the time was just played off as like a funny thing, right? But it has spawned this huge like kind of like universe-spanning theory that like that Star Wars happened a long time ago in our universe and stuff like that, and the aliens in ET know about like the aliens that are Yodas and stuff like that and know about all that kind of stuff. And anyway, very interesting. I've never seen that part of the movie after I read that article, but they are right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that sparks an interesting remembrance for me too. You know, this this I suppose it was supposed to be a kid dressed up as Yoda. It really just looked like Yoda walking by. Yeah. They they obviously had some access to uh, to Star Wars props and such. Um, but but in Star Wars, in one of the <clears throat> one of the prequel movies, there's a scene in the Galactic Senate yeah. where there are, if you zoom in or pause at the right frame, you can see E.T. characters yes. in the Galactic Senate as well. So another another little Easter egg sure. bonus from from Matt and Todd. Yeah, if you didn't know that, now you do. Now you do. So anyway, back to my thoughts on the movie. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was, as you say, Todd, a really a trip down memory lane and really a, a great story that was told. Um, yes, the guy who played Elliot did an awesome job. Um, there are some side characters who have some questionable acting moments. <laughs> um, there's like a, there's like a gang of bullies in this movie, and yes. near the end they have a they have a featured moment where they have to react to something, and they all react in completely ridiculous ways. One of the bullies is C. Thomas Howe, who was in Red Dawn. Okay, um, but more infamously was in Soul Man, <laughs> the um, basically blackface movie, so a white kid can go to college. Gotcha. I don't think his uh, career ever recovered from that. Right. Well, um, but but yeah, like like you, Todd, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was great to be sitting outside, listening to the movie on a little radio, watching on the the biggest screen in the USA, mm-hmm. Benji's Drive-In Theater. Um, it was a, it was a great great lead-in to our night uh, of resuming somewhat of. Uh, going to a theater to see a movie, even though it wasn't a new movie, it was it was a good pick. So nice. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a controversial rating system here because it is by far one of the funniest things I heard of the movie. Uh, an insult that's wielded by Elliot to his brother, where he calls him a, a, a 
penis breath. Yes. Which is just so 80s to me. Indeed. How many penis breaths would you give this movie? Well, and to her credit, Todd, the mom shut that down right away. But she laughed at it, which she I She did was, laugh. Another moment of me judging her was like, you can't laugh so hard at something mm. and then shut it down. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be straight faced about it. Sometimes it happens, though. True. Um, okay, so zero to five penis breath insults. Yes. Uh, five being the best. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna give this uh, 4.3 penis breaths out of five. Nice. Um, I'm not too far off. I'm gonna give it a 4.5. I. Uh, I think the mark of a truly, truly great movie is, uh, some would argue that it has no flaws in it or whatever, but I would submit the argument that it does have flaws because nothing can be truly perfect, I don't think, but the movie's so good that it makes you just not care about those flaws. Sure, I would like more information about whatever, like sickness and alien stuff, but the movie's just so good that it made me just truly not care about it. Um, so yeah, I'm going 4.5. And I'm glad we never got the planned sequel to E.T., which oh, I also wow. read about, which would have been about going to E.T.'s home world. It just sounds like a Wonkers movie where there's like a, a civil war going on or something. Oh, dear. <laughs> would have been uh, quite the change of pace. Yes, yes it would have. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies, where we review E.T., the extraterrestrial. And we gave it an average rating of 4.4 penis breaths out of 5. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. Uh, Even reviewing this movie turns me into a child. <laughs> yes, yes. It's all good, though. We're, we're adults here. We can even make uh, controversial rating scales work. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for listening. Hopefully, uh, you will listen again to another episode and not be turned off by our controversial rating system. Da-da-da-da! Uh, Da-da! Da-da-da! Da-da-da!